Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. All righty. Welcome to Liquid Church, everyone. And hey, while we're at it, can we say hello to our friends in New Brunswick and Nutley and those watching online? Can we say hello to them? Good stuff. So good to be with you guys. Okay. My name is Tom. I'm one of the pastors here at Liquid Church, and we are in the middle of a truly life-changing series called Follower, where as a church, we've actually been going through the 40-day Bible challenge. Let me hear if you've been going through the 40-day Bible challenge, reading through the New Testament as a church in 40 days. And here's the deal. If you have been keeping up, then you already know, I don't need to tell you, that we have just finished up the book of Acts, where we saw the church just totally exploding, people coming to faith, increasing their faith for the first time. And I got to tell you something, that is actually exactly what has been happening here at Liquid Church as well. See, I serve here in Morristown and at our first service last week, some of you may remember this, Pastor Tim gave out a spontaneous invitation where he basically said, if you want to follow Jesus, it's as simple as ABC. A, you need to admit, right, that you're a sinner. B, you want to believe in Jesus Christ and C, commit to follow. And what's incredible incredible is that at that first service, we had 21 people who stood up and said, you know what? I want to follow Jesus Christ. That's amazing. But no, no, hold your applause. Hold your applause. Because at the second service, all right, on the same day, we had another 23 people that stood up and said, I want to follow Jesus. And then at the last service, this service, the 12 o'clock service, we had 40 people stand up and say, I want to follow Jesus. That's 84 total people last week that said, I want to follow Jesus for the first time. That is absolutely amazing. And guys, you need to know this. Of those 84, this is just one story. One of them was a gal who had been suffering with depression for years because many years ago she had an abortion. And so she was suffering with all this guilt. And she came up right here, right here. And she said, you know what? I need to leave my sins at Jesus' feet, and she received new life in Christ. Another was a story of a man who had been secretly suffering with porn addiction and alcoholism for years and years, totally devastating his marriage, just ruining his life. And he finally said, he confessed, he said, you know what, I can't beat this thing on my own. I need you, God. My ways just don't work. I need to follow Jesus Today, and you know something? God showed up big time last week and he hasn't left the building. Amen? Amen. Amen. Absolutely. So good. So good. And so here's the thing what I appreciate is that Pastor Tim laid it out for us very simply last week as he noticed the ABCs to becoming a follower of Christ, right? Admit your sin, believe in Jesus, commit to follow. But you know something? He's not here right now, okay? And I just want to tweak that last C, okay? Let's just keep this between us, all right? Don't, don't tell him. He won't get upset. Anyways, uh, I want to I tweak it a little bit. Uh, in addition to commit to follow, I would say that you want to C, count the cost. Yeah, count 
the cost. In other words, you see Jesus as you doing your readings, right? You see him going around all over the place and he's initiating these DTRs with people, right? These conversations with people to find the relationship. And as he's doing though, that, you, you would notice that, and some of you probably have already seen this, as he's doing that, you come across certain things that he says that leave you thinking, WTW, what the what? What are you talking about, Jesus? In other words, okay, how many of you have been reading through the New Testament and you've come across something that Jesus said that honestly, I know we're in church right now. I'm a pastor. Okay, we got the Bible open. I get that. But honestly, be honest. As you're reading through it, you're like, Jesus, why did you say? That's kind of rude. What you just said there is a little insensitive. Things that make you go, what the what? What is happening? Like, for instance, this one gal from my life group, she brought up this verse in Luke, okay, where Jesus says to this guy, follow me. And the guy actually responds, Lord, first let me go bury my father, then I'll come follow you. Do you guys remember what Jesus said to this person? He said, let the dead bury their own dead. What the what? Was this Walking Dead? I didn't know he watched that show. What's going on here, right? What kind of grief counseling is this? So now following Jesus all of a sudden means I've got to tear out my heart. I've got to be this rude, you know, cold-hearted person. Or, or how about later on in the same gospel in Luke, right, where he turns to all of his fans. All these people are following Jesus. And he says this, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother and father, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. What the what? So loving Jesus means that I have to hate my mother and father? Some of you have no problem with that, I know. (laughs) That's a different message for a different day, okay? But I'm supposed to neglect my spouse? I'm supposed to ignore my children? I mean, I thought Jesus was all about honor thy mother and father. What's going on here? Right? Or just one more. How about the one where a big-time fan, I mean, this guy is like sold out. He's got the face paint on. He's shirtless, okay? He comes to Jesus and says, what must I do? Oh, you are so amazing. But what must I do to inherit eternal life? And you got to be thinking, man, this is a spiritual layup, right? I mean, this is why Jesus came to earth. This is why he's the Lord and Savior. This is why he's the Redeemer. I mean, this is where Jesus should preach the ABCs of salvation, right? Admit that you're a sinner. Believe Believe in me and come and follow me. But instead, what does he say? And Jesus responds, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Then come follow me. Pfft, what the what? So you're telling me I got to sell my house? I got to give away my car? Everything? I got to quit my job in order to follow you? W-T-W. See, guys, as we read the Bible, we experience what I'm going to call attention, okay? It is attention. Attention because we all love to cherry-pick verses, low-hanging fruit that makes it seem like following Jesus is so easy, right? That's what we like to do, and we tend to ignore the harder verses. For instance, let me show you what I'm talking about here. How many of you have ever been to a, a sporting event, a football game, anything like that, maybe watch it on TV, and you see a guy, right? He's like wearing like a rainbow wig, okay? And he's got one of these signs right here, huh? John 3.16, right? He's in the end zone, ah, John 3.16, yeah! 
Right? You see this all the time, right? See, this verse, John 3.16, this is not what I would call a WTW verse. No, no. Instead, this is a praise God. I love you, you love me, we're a happy family, amen, hallelujah. That's the kind of verse that John 3.16 is. As a matter of fact, you don't have to be a Christian, you don't even have to have gone to church for a long time, chances are you probably know this verse, right? John 3.16, let's say it together as a matter of fact. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Look at that. Here is your get out of hell free card. This is it. It's awesome. And I don't want to belittle it or anything. This is an awesome verse. This is an amazing verse. I love this verse. It's the first verse I memorized as a little boy, okay? I love this. This is a foundational truth for our walk in Christ. You can't take that away from this. But what is so funny is you never see a guy in the end zone, but instead of a rainbow wig, having a crown of thorns, holding up this sign, Luke 9.23. Yeah, baby, Luke 9.23! As a matter of fact, if you saw somebody with a crown of thorns with a Luke 9.23 poster, you would be jumping to the nearest Bible. You would be looking it up on your phone, and you would find, to your surprise, that Luke 9.23 reads this. If anyone would come after me, yeah! He must deny, what? Deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me? See, guys, this guy who comes to Jesus all eager to follow him wherever he goes and all that, I'm pretty sure he's looking for like a rainbow wig and John 3.16. I'm pretty sure he's looking for that guy. But instead, Jesus turns John 3.16 around to Luke 9.23, and he shows him this sign with his crown of thorns. And the guy must have been like, WTW, what the what? I gotta die? I, I have to deny myself to come to you? See, guys, we all love rainbow wigs. We do not like crown of thorns. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. We love the rainbow wig guy. Yeah, God's loving you. Wow. Uh, Not so much the crown of thorns. Come die. Deny yourself and follow me. See, and I'm guessing that many of you have run into a couple of WTW verses as well. In fact, I want you to know that in two weeks, we're going to have a special Q&A message where Pastor Tim is going to answer your WTW questions. Have you got those? Have they been coming up in your life group? That is awesome because what I want you to do is I want you to go to 40daybiblechallenge.com backslash questions. We'll throw this up later as well. We'll be talking about it in the future weeks. And I want you to fire away. Shoot all your WTW questions, and we are going to tackle those bad boys together. Speaking of which, okay? I want to move on. For the remainder of today, I want to unpack a couple of these extremely
extremely controversial statements that Christ made to some of his biggest fans. For instance, take a look with me back at Jesus, okay, and some of his unorthodox ways of a grief counseling to others. Look with me at Luke chapter 9, okay? Turn with me to Luke 9 in your Bibles. And this is the sort of thing that probably would have gotten Jesus disbarred, okay? This is the sort of thing, what we're about to read, that probably would have, it's cause for Jesus to lose his counseling license, to get it revoked, okay? Check this out. Look with me. It all went down like this. Verse 59. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, guys, let's just be totally honest here, okay? I know we're in the church. I know you're listening to a pastor. I know we've got the Bible open, but just just get the Christianese out of your mind for a second. When you read that passage, is it or is it not insensitive? I mean, Jesus says to this guy, this guy is not even saying, I don't want to follow you, Jesus. This guy doesn't even say, I will not follow you, Jesus. He's saying, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. But first, let me go bury my father. Let me do that first. Is that so unreasonable? But what you have to understand is this. There is a cultural context in this passage. See, everything that Jesus says has a background to it, and this is no different. So more specifically, when this guy says, let me go bury my father, you have to understand that he was actually using a cultural idiom of the day to basically say, it was a very popular idiom, to basically say, hey, whoa, 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 once my father dies, see, he wasn't dead yet. Once my father dies, whenever my father dies and I get my inheritance, because we're living in a patriarchal society at the time, so when your father dies, you inherit the money, the inheritance. Once, whenever my father dies and I get the inheritance and I'm financially stable, then I'll be financially secure, then I will follow you. Jesus. In other words, <laughs> in other words, this guy is saying, Jesus, listen, I am all in. Okay? 100%. I, I, I believe you. I love you. I worship you. I am all in. 100%. Just count me in. Absolutely. I just, I, I, right now, I'm just a 100%. I am following you. But just, um, can you just wait one second? <laughs> Well, what I just need to take care of some things over here. Is that okay? I just I just need to make sure that I'm financially stable. Let me just get this in order, and then I'll follow you 100. I'm right there. Have you ever met anyone like this? I mean, man, they they just they 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 act all passionate. They talk a good game, but when it is go time, it just sort of fizzle out. You know what I'm talking about? That's exactly what's happening here. In fact, you know, I got to say, I've had dozens and dozens of conversations with well-meaning men and women over the last 10 years of ministry. And they come up to me and they're like, oh, Pastor Tom, God's talking, God's changing, he's doing some work in my life, and I just can't, I can't wait to do what you do. Oh, you know, constantly following Jesus and helping those that need help, and I just cannot wait because I feel like God's talking to me, and I feel like he's leading me to the next step. And I'm just like, oh, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so what are you thinking? Well, 
well, well, here's the deal, Pastor Tom. Here's the deal, okay? So, like, um, uh, if I play my cards right, if I, if I play my cards right, um, I'm, I'm looking at, like, five to six years from now, I'm going to make partner, okay? And, and I, I only have to do that for, like, 18 months, two years, at most three years, uh, because once I, make, once I make partner and I do that for a couple years, then I become vested. And once I'm vested, then I'll be financially secure, and then I am all in, baby. I, at that point, I'll be like, there's nothing holding me back. I'm following you, Jesus, to the ends of the earth. Let's do it. I am all. God's going to use me so power, powerfully. Yeah. Now, what do you think Jesus would say to that guy? He'd say, let the dead bury their own dead. No, but wait, 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 you don't understand. Uh, Jesus, you, you don't get it. I, I mean, this is what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to be responsible. I, I've got a family. I've got kids. I, I, you know, I've got to send them off to college. You know, I've got to get my little nest egg. I've got to pay off the house first and, and you know, save my pennies for a rainy day. I mean, that's the responsible thing to do. I'm, I'm thinking towards the future. But Jesus is like, I saved you for today, for right now. Let the dead bury their own dead. I saved you for today. To follow Jesus means to follow him right now. And when you sense my spirit is at work and it is talking to your spirit, which by the way I created, don't delay. Don't put off for tomorrow what God's asked you to do today. Wow, it got real quiet in here. See, we like to use the word faith. That's a buzzword, right? It's a Christian buzzword. We like to use the word faith all the time. We sprinkle that word in all the time. Oh, yeah, I'm walking by faith. I'm living by faith. Do you know how Jesus spells the word faith with his ABCs? He spells faith R-I-S-K. Risk. In other words, what are you willing to step out of your comfort zone for and sacrifice something to follow Jesus Today, today, does this make anyone feel uncomfortable? Good. Awesome, actually, because maybe now you're really listening to what Jesus is actually saying. See, (laughs) this is the kind of thing that Jesus was talking about when he said, you need to hate your mother and father in order to follow me. Now, that's a disturbing one. I get it, right? I mean, I love my parents. I have a great relationship with my parents, okay? But yet there it is in Luke 14. A bunch of fans are following Jesus, and you have to understand, okay? Jesus was going around from town to town. He was doing all these miracles. He was stumping the religious rulers of the day, and he was doing all these things, and this crowd was following him, right? And so you figure, okay, now's the moment. This is the moment when you put on the rainbow wig. They're driving downfield. They're in the red zone. You put on the rainbow wig, and you got to hold up your sign. Okay, Jesus, let's do it. John 3.16, yeah, the cameras are on. Let's do it. You got this captive audience. Everyone's excited. All these fans of Jesus. But Jesus turns to them, and he says, if anyone comes to me, does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. 
Now, let's be honest, guys. Those are strong words. Why is Jesus saying that? I mean, I have three kids of my own. I teach them. Don't you ever say the word hate. And now Jesus goes and blows up my spot like this, saying you got to hate your mommy and daddy. What's happening here, right? And, And so some of you, I get it. You're like, man, that is just so extreme. That is like so over the top. What is happening there? And maybe, maybe that's why... Maybe that's why you were nervous about becoming a follower and raising your hand last week. Because I'll be honest, as a pastor, I, I, I just couldn't contain my, I was just tears of joy as I was thinking about 84 people came to Christ today. I was driving home and I was thinking that. Thank you, Jesus, that is awesome. But you know what occurred to me? What if there were supposed to be 85 What if there were supposed to be 85 people and maybe, maybe that 85th person was you? Maybe that 85th person was was someone watching online right now or listening to the radio right now, but the only thing is you're like, I ain't getting up. I am sitting right down here. I am not getting up. I don't care about the music. I don't care what pastor I'm sitting right here. Because in your mind, you were thinking about mom. Man, if I, if I, I cannot follow Jesus, because if, if my mom ever found, she would disown me. See, my mom's Jewish, okay? She would disown me in a heartbeat. And my dad, my dad will be like, oh, so that's what you're going to do with your life now? Be a religious nut? Oh, great, great. What a winner. Pastor Tom, I, I'd never hear the end of it. My, my family would not know how to handle this if I began following Christ. Aha. That's it. See, only until you're willing to disrupt your family dynamics your relational dynamics with others to enter the family of God, can you follow Jesus? See, guys, it's about R-I-S-K. It's about sacrifice. It's about feeling uncomfortable, even when your reputation with your friends, your relationships, your coworkers, your family, even when that all comes to heads, that's what it's about in order to follow Jesus. In fact, I just, uh, can we just keep this verse up here for a second? I just keep it up there for a second longer because I want to show you guys a real life example. See, Jesus is saying to follow me, to follow me. Everything right now in your life may be nice and placid. It may be nice and normal, but there will come a day where I'm going to have to interrupt that a little bit, just for a season, not always, but just for a season. I'm going to have to interrupt your family dynamics. Would that be okay with you? Uh, what, what if God said to you right now, to follow me means that you need to take your peaceful home and make it a crazy house? Would that be okay with you? Would that be okay with you if God asked you for that? Well, you need to know, we've got some amazing people at our church, and that's exactly the decision that they made. See, my friends... John and Carrie Cords, they're down in New Brunswick. They're on the New Brunswick campus there. They've actually done exactly that. You see, they made a decision recently to follow Jesus that just blew my mind away, and it stretches my heart in a way that no sermon ever could. See, because like me and Erica, they also have three beautiful daughters whom they would do anything for. Precious girls, okay? Okay. But I want everyone here to see how following Jesus meant for John and Carrie to make a choice about deliberately bringing disruption into their picture-perfect home 
in order to expand the family of God. Being a Christ follower for us has meant, uh, very specifically, adopting three kids. Uh, we have three kids of our own. Uh, we're blessed with three kids of our own, um, three girls. And we just felt like God was calling us to do more. And so we started the, the process of, of, of adoption. So we looked at private adoption. We looked at uh, DIFUS through the state. The process was very long. It was a lot more complicated than we thought it would be. Months and months and months of home visits. It's very invasive. They look through your drawers and they question your family and they talk to your kids. And it was a lot of soul searching too for us. Once, you, once you're licensed, they, they, they start calling. On the license it said, we will allow you to have up to three kids. We will place up to three kids at the UNOS. Oh no, 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 we're not doing that. One is good. We decided that no matter who they presented to us, we were gonna say yes. So the phone call went like this. Hi, we know you would like a boy under the age of four, so we have a boy and he really needs a home tonight, but he doesn't meet your age requirement. He's about to be eight. And uh, there's a little hiccup. He has twin sisters and they're gonna be seven. And uh, would you be willing to take all three? He said yes. How do you say no? <laughs> I remember walking into the house uh, and seeing all six kids for the very first time sitting around our kitchen table and uh, just looking at them and thinking, what have we done? <laughs> really, God? Our house blew up. We weren't prepared for three kids. We were prepared for one. Doubling our family, uh, doubled our workload. It was, it was a difficult time. We can't be the friends that we used to be. Don't get the time out with each other the way we feel like we used to. It was a daily death of self. We knew this would stretch yeah. our family, but we felt like it would stretch them in a good way. Mm -hmm. We wanted to be everything to these kids. Um, we wanted to be their first dad and mom and house and, and be able to present them with everything that they hadn't had. Uh, but it was a big sacrifice yeah. for us. It was like our old life died. Yeah. And I wasn't exactly thrilled with the new life. I don't like admitting how horrible it was for a little while. Car carrying a cross is hard, you know, and, and you have to admit that you don't have all the control. Who are we to say no to God when we felt like God was saying, trust in me? and let me be your, your, your guide through this process. Well, and he says daily, pick up your cross and follow me. Yeah. He doesn't say daily, look at your cross, pick it up and yeah. follow him. It's not about going to church on Sunday morning and you know, singing a couple songs and you know, feeling good about ourselves, because we did that for a long time. There's more to this, this Christian walk than that. It's, it's, it's gotta hurt. It's gotta hurt a little bit. <laughs> and now what we feel like, We've been blessed by that. We felt like being obedient and being open to, to God's speaking to us, uh, we feel like He has blessed us with three kids that we, we couldn't be happier with. Guys, can we just thank the Cords family? 
is amazing, isn't it? I mean, that is the gospel in action, is it not? When people actually adopt strangers into your own family, knowing that there's going to be sacrifice, but still doing it because you love them, because you love God. You know, honestly, I have to be completely honest moment here, okay? When I first heard that the cords were going through all of this to, to make this happen, okay, as a pastor, as a Christian man, I wish I could have said, praise Jesus! But instead, as a man of three kids of my own, I was like, what the what? Are you crazy? Did you pray about this? What is happening right now, okay? Literally, okay? Why would you even do this unless Jesus told you to? Because that's exactly why the cords did it. See, the cords... John and Carrie, they didn't do this because they wanted to do something radical for Jesus. They didn't do this because, you know, they felt like raising three girls was too easy. Oh, I need a little more insanity in my life. No, they did this because they heard the voice of God. And this is so powerful. This is so powerful. They heard the voice of God specifically talking to them and asking them to expand their family. Why? Because they themselves felt like they had more love to give, even more than to our own kids. We have even more love to give because of the love that you've given us. Even though we know it's going to double our trouble, even though we know it's going to be more stressful. And did you hear what John said? John said this, it's not about going to church on Sunday morning, singing a couple of songs and feeling good about ourselves. There's more to the Christian walk than that. There's more to following Jesus than that. And I just love the way Carrie just comes right in there and she said, it's got to hurt. What the what? But guys, how could it not hurt Crucifixion hurts. How could it not hurt when the Savior that they follow traveled a road that leads to a cross and asks us to carry our cross every day as well? How could it not hurt? See, I don't want to jump on a tangent here, but I got to say this, okay? I've been born and raised in Jersey all my life, okay? So as a Western Christian, I just think that sometimes we go out of our way to eliminate any and all possible struggles in our lives. Like if we see a struggle coming down the road, we will do whatever it takes to like avoid that struggle. Do you realize that's actually unbiblical? As a Christ follower, that's unbiblical. There are so many verses, but one of them is Philippians 129, which actually says, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to, oh yeah, but also to suffer for him. See guys, Luke 9.23, this poster right here, this verse, Luke 9.23, this is simply just the flip side of John 3.16. That's all it is. It's the flip side of it. So when you see Jesus and he's saying, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself daily 
and follow me. That's just the flip side. In fact, as a matter of fact, right now, feel free to go ahead and, and highlight, circle those two D words in your Bible. It's okay. It's okay. You can do that, okay? Deny daily. Deny daily. As a matter of fact, let's say that together. Deny daily. Deny daily. Tastes great, less filling. Deny daily, okay? Because seriously, this is essential. Because what it means to follow Jesus is that you are willing to live in denial. That's right. I said live in denial if you want to follow Jesus. Now, I understand, okay, we have our own cultural idioms. And one of them is when we say live in denial, what we're saying is actually that person is clueless. They're living in denial. Ah, I can't believe he is just absolute, what a, what, he is a dope if he thinks he's living in denial, if he thinks he's going to get away with that, right? We use that when we're talking about a person who just is unaware. He's just so unaware of his surroundings. And that's what it means. That's exactly what it means. And the core are living in denial, but it's not because they're clueless. The cords are living in denial, actually, because they've counted the cost. And they're going to live a life of denial. See, when you ask them, they actually had their financial structure all worked out. They're, they're smart people. Okay, they got three girls, and they were like, okay, now how are we going to do, like, 502, and, you know, how are we going to save up for their colleges and stuff like that? That means three weddings, three girls, oh, my gosh, how do we do that? And you know what? But God's calling us to, to three more kids, right? And, and so, God, we're going to trust you. If you're calling us to have three more kids, we're going to trust that you are going to provide, and we are going to take a risk, an R-I-S-K. We're going to take a step of faith here and follow you, and we are going to live in denial. And when they live in denial, let me tell you what living in denial means. They have come up with the conclusion. They've counted the cost, and they've said, yeah, you know what? We're going to live in denial, meaning we probably won't have as many family vacations as we thought we would. Living in denial for them means, you know what, we probably won't be able to renovate the kitchen or the bathrooms like we want. We're just going to have to live with this, you know, this ugly tile that's been around since the 70s, you know. Living in denial means for them, you know what, gosh, the kids were just getting old enough. I was was hoping we'd get out of this minivan. Now we got to buy a church van. Like, (laughs) but you see, that's what it means to live in denial. And Jesus is saying, in order to follow him, we need to do that every day. See, what it took Jesus, right, to save you, John 3, 16. Jesus is saying, I loved you so much, I denied myself, and I was crucified on a cross. The flip side of that is now Luke 9, 23. You say you love me, you say you know me, you say you want to follow me, then you need to deny yourself and take up your cross daily. Do you understand that this Luke 9.23 and this John 23, do you understand that they are the same side of the same coin? Do you understand that you cannot have one without the other? See, people look at the cross and they're like, what the what? But my question is, do they look at your life and say, what the what? Because of the way you live in denial. In fact, guys, here's what I want to do. I want to end today by offering everyone listening two concrete, solid examples, challenges that will help you to live in denial. 
Now, it's going to look different for every one of us. I'm not saying you have to go into full-time ministry. I'm not saying that you have to adopt kids. It is going to look, denial, living in denial is going to look different for every single one of us, okay? You, and here's the thing. I'm not even asking you to do both this week. I'm asking you to choose one of the two. I'm going to give you two, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you just to choose one, okay? Just choose one and give it a try, okay, in, in Jesus' name. The first one is this. You need to fast forward your timetable. You need to fast forward your timetable. What's that mean? This is basically why Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the word of God, the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus is saying, don't put off for the future what I'm telling you to do right now. Some of you, you already know. You don't even have to think about it. It's been pressing your heart as I've been talking this whole time. God's been speaking to you about a sacrifice that you need to make, but you've been putting that thing off. You know, maybe, maybe it was last week, and you know that you were supposed to be the 85th person here. You know you were supposed to be the 85th person raising their hand, but you convinced yourself, ah, you know what, maybe next week, maybe on Easter, maybe after the series. No, 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 no. Fast forward your timetable today. Don't delay for tomorrow what God is asking you to do today, let alone yesterday. Okay? The second one is this. Some of you are going to laugh. The second one is this. This is my suggestion. Make mama mad. Can we say that together? Make mama mad. Now, my mom's in the audience right there, so that's okay, but uh, it's, it's all right. Okay, hear me out here. Some of you are like, you're holding back your kids. Ah, Pastor Thompson, I can make you mad. No, 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 guys. Don't need more extra emails or anything like that, okay? Just hear me out for a second, okay? When Jesus says, unless you hate your mother and father, you and I, we need to realize that Jesus is saying, unless... Unless you're willing to have the opinions of those who you love the most, your mom and dad, your spouse, your children, unless you're willing to have the opinions of those you love the most be ruffled a little bit because of your devotion to me, then you've got no part in following me. See, unless you're willing to, unless you can give those people that you love the most over to me, then you're not really following me. You're the one that's trying to take care of them. That's not following me. Let me take care of them, and you come follow me. In other words, you got to be willing to stir the pot a little bit. Follow Jesus no matter what that costs your personal relationships. It's going to have relational consequences. If, you're, if your devotion to Christ doesn't have relational consequences, you may not be really following Christ. Do you understand this? You need to know this. When you follow Jesus, it is inevitable that you will rattle the relationships that are closest to you at some point. It doesn't happen all the time, but at some point. So yeah, you know what? Mama may get mad. And daddy may get disappointed. Because all their lives, they've raised you to be a, a corporate lawyer. You got your law degree, and, and your daddy was a lawyer, and your daddy's daddy was a lawyer, and your daddy's daddy was a lawyer, and all that stuff. And, and, but now you're going to take that fancy law degree, and you're going to go to some third world country because you feel God's voice calling you to maybe bring clean water to people. And so, yeah, you know what? Daddy may be disappointed with you temporarily. But your heavenly father will be overjoyed. See, guys, that's what it means to live in denial. It means to count the cost and take steps of R-I-S-K. And it is going to be different for every single person in this room. Okay? But I know this. I know this. Even though the details of what that means will be different for every person in this room, I know this, that if you're reading through the New Testament, if you're reading through the word of God, every single one of you 
he is asking to draw closer to him. I know for a fact that every single one of you, he is asking you to follow him closer. And the next step for you may be to fast forward your timetable, or it may be to make mama mad, or it may be to do both. But do you know how you're going to know that this is God's voice talking to you? Do you know how you're going to know that? (laughs) It's like our friend Carrie said, it's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. That's what carrying a cross does it hurts you but you know something it is worth every single little bit he who has ears to hear let him hear amen so you know what as the band comes forward here's what i want to do i want to ask you this question what are you hearing now What is God saying to you right now? How is he asking you to deny yourself and to pick up your cross and carry it daily? Just like Carrie said, don't just look at the cross. Don't just look at it. How is he asking you to carry it daily? As a matter of fact, in in about 30 seconds, in 30 seconds, we're all going to pray together. And I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. In about 30 seconds, not now, don't do it now, but I'm going to ask you in about 30 seconds to raise your hand if you believe that God has shown you your cross. If you believe that you know what your cross is, but you know what, honestly, Pastor Tom, it's hard to carry. I can't do it every day. Maybe I can do it after like a great message and a great sermon, but I can't do it every day. Oh my gosh, the thought of that is just so exhausting. I can't do it. And in about 10 seconds, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. And we're going to call upon the Spirit of God to help us carry our cross daily if you believe in Jesus. As a matter of fact, right now in all our campuses, right here, can we all close our eyes? Can we close our eyes? Can we bow our heads right now? And as you do that, we're going to, we're going to do some business with God. This is your moment right now. You need to do some You are here today. He has sovereignly brought you here today because you got some business to reckon with him. And right now, I'm going to ask you, go ahead and take a step of faith, take a risk, and lift up your hand right now if you believe, all these hands already, if you believe that Jesus has shown you your cross, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you because he loves you, and he has shown you your cross, he's showing it to you now, but you're like, God, Jesus, I'm not you, I can't do that. I need your help. I need your strength. Well, go ahead and raise your hands. So many hands already right here being raised. Up in the front, in the, middle, in the back, everyone's raising their hands. This is awesome. This is awesome. I want to pray for you right now. Keep them raised. Keep them raised. Father God, you see these hands right now. You see all these men and women raising their hands, saying, I see this cross, and it's so hard for me to carry. I, I hate this cross. But I love you, Jesus. Just like you hated the cross, but you loved me. You carried it and you died on it. You just asked me to carry this thing. I, I pray, God, that you would help every man and woman in the sound of my voice raising their hand. Give them the strength to carry their cross. Give them the fortitude. Give them the faith to carry their cross today. Let them not worry about tomorrow, but help them to faithfully die to themselves today right now. In Jesus' name we pray.
Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.